RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Evidence emerges to show that a man contracted a mutant coronavirus strain while in quarantine in Hong Kong. Police come under pressure to release more information about a high-ranking officer reportedly caught in an unlicensed massage parlour. And the government says more than 1,800 civil servants quit in the past financial year, the highest figure since 2006. Hong Kong has now gone six days without any untraceable local infection. The city recorded two imported coronavirus cases and one local infection linked to a previous patient. Wendy Wong reports. One of the new imported cases involves a 43-year-old man who flew to France on May the 6th and came back on Sunday. He developed a fever during hotel quarantine in the SAR. Officials believe the man contracted the virus in France, but as a precaution, mandatory tests are being ordered for residents of a building in Staunton Street where he lives. Meanwhile, a Chinese university has told students living in its dormitories that they will have to get tested for COVID every two weeks unless they are vaccinated. The university says students will have to pay for the test themselves. Hong Kong has seen a slow uptick in vaccinations. Some 1.1 million residents have now had at least one dose. More evidence has emerged to prove that an Indian man who flew in from Dubai in March contracted the mutant strain of coronavirus at a quarantine hotel in Hong Kong. The man tested negative for the virus before he was released from a 21-day quarantine, but he later became infectious in the community, leading to a cluster of variant cases. Dr Gilman Su from Polytechnic University's Department of Health Technology and Informatics said the latest genetic analysis by his team shows the man was infected by a male guest from the Philippines who stayed in an adjoining room at the hotel. We found that there is one mutation missing in the Filipino young man. According to I mean, our analysis, suggesting this virus should be the ancestor because it's, I mean, one less mutation. So when it transmits to the Indian man, the Indus case, so it developed one more mutations. So according to um, the virus evolution, the virus in the Filipino case seems to be the earlier case and to be ancestor of the entire transmission chain. The police are being urged to reveal more information about the case of a top officer who's said to have been caught in an unlicensed massage parlour. Prominent legal scholar and former member of the Independent Police Complaints Council, Eric Chung, says the public demands greater transparency because there are still so many answered, unanswered questions. And the nature of this establishment, because from what we know, many of these unlicensed establishments might have connections with child activities or some immoral prostitution activities, whether it may involve not just Mr. Choi, but other police officers, we don't know, whether there may be any allegation or involvement about corruption. There's so many questions that we don't know. The government says more than 1,800 civil servants resigned in the past financial year. That's the highest figure since 2006. Timmy Song reports. In a document submitted to the Legislative Council, the Civil Service Bureau said those who quit between April 2020 and March 2021 accounted for about 1% of the government's 178,000-strong workforce. Officials said even though there have been a moderate increase in the number of resignations in recent years, the percentage remained at a low level. The majority of the resignees left before the end of their probationary period, the Bureau said, adding that it is understandable for people at this stage of their civil service career to quit if they find it unsuitable. In January, the government ordered its workers to declare their loyalty to the SAR and pledge to uphold the basic law to avoid a sack. 
In the end, about 130 civil servants refused to sign the government's declaration form. Civil Service Chief Patrick Neeb told the Legislative Council last month that some of those who refused to sign the document disagree with its content, while others thought the arrangement undermines freedom of speech, or said it was in conflict with their foreign nationalities. Mr. Neeb said none of these reasons were accepted, and these workers will be terminated. Overseas, British Airways says it's going to trial a coronavirus test which will produce results within 25 seconds. Flight and cabin crew will be invited to take the Pelican Ultra Rapid COVID-19 tests alongside standard monitoring, and the results will be compared. The airline says the test correctly identifies 98% of people who have the virus. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past eleven. Back locally, two women have been found guilty of trying to bribe people to vote for the pro-Beijing DAB party in a 2018 Legco by-election. One of the women was a part-time assistant to DAB chairwoman Starry Lee. Wendy Wong reports. West Kowloon magistracy heard that Deng Yimei, who's 42, and Wang Waiha, who's 52, were volunteers of a resident organization in Hoylai Estate in Shamshapo. They taxed residents multiple times, offered them gift bags, and lobbied them to vote for DAB candidate Vincent Chan. Mr. Chan went on to win the by-election for the Lechko seat vacated by disqualified Yao Waiqing. Deng and Wang were convicted of conspiracy to engage in corrupt conduct by offering an advantage to others. They're expected to be sentenced on May the 26th. Wong had also been a part-time assistant to DAB leader Starry Lee, but Miss Lee said neither she nor members of staff at her office were involved in the case, and she only learned about it from the media. Two residents prosecuted in relation to the attempted bribery were acquitted. The magistrate said there was not enough evidence to prove that the two voters had been influenced by the gifts they received. The food contractor that supplied meals to people quarantined at Penny's Bay will be prosecuted after a government inspectors after found problems at its premises. Timmy Sung has more. Officers from the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department inspected Danny Catering last Friday and found that rooms to store food were not cleaned, the temperature for keeping food were inappropriate, and a food sample was contaminated. Another check on Monday found that the irregularities had been rectified. Still, a department spokesman said legal action will be taken against the firm. A number of people quarantined in Penny's Bay last week complained about suspected food poisoning after eating meals supplied by Danny Catering. They were supposed to be in isolation for 21 days, but a policy change meant that those who tested negative for COVID-19 were allowed to go home early. Green groups say giving people money to return plastic bottles will encourage Hong Kongers to recycle more, but only if the government increases the amount of rebate planned. Officials are proposing ten cents for each bottle returned, but environmentalists say a dollar would be a lot more effective. Violet Wong reports. A recent survey commissioned by five groups, including Greenpeace and Green Power, found that 80 percent of respondents supported the rebate idea. But the results suggested that only three in ten people would return bottles to, for example, convenience stores if the rebate was set at ten cents. Half of those polled said they would do so for between fifty and eighty cents per bottle. But the Green Earth's Edmund Lau says there should be an incentive of one dollar per bottle to really encourage recycling, noting that nearly eighty percent of respondents were willing to recycle for that amount of money. Greeners Actions Leo Wong says while there's no way manufacturers would pay for this, a one-dollar deposit scheme like that for glass bottles could be introduced. 
Mr. Lau agreed this would be a good idea. For a rebate system, it's more like a reward. So it's optional if you like to get your reward, you recycle. But for deposit, it's a responsibility for you to do that because you pay it in advance. So you will recycle and get your money back. That's your money. More than 90% of glass, soy milk, and cola bottles are returned, says Polymar from GreenSense. And a deposit scheme for plastic bottles would put a stop to them being sent to landfills. The Ombudsman, Winnie Chu, has criticised the effectiveness of government inspections of lifts and escalators, pointing out that spot checks conducted by the Electrical and Mechanical Services Department failed to serve as a deterrent. Damon Pang has details. Ombudsman Winnie Chu's office recently completed an investigation into how the city's lifts and escalators are regulated, which was launched after a number of serious incidents in recent years. That includes the death of a woman in 2018 after a lift accident at a Shengshui housing estate. The watchdog found that it's common practice for the EMSD to reach out to contractors before surprise inspections. The department explained that it needed to first confirm contractors' maintenance schedules. But this also tips off contractors. Ms Chu says it undermines the deterrent effect of the inspections on older facilities, which account for less than 4% of the overall number of checks the department conducts every month. Hence, we recommend that the EMSD increase the ratio of surprise inspection and also demand that contractors provide the timely information about the schedule of maintenance work. The Ombudsman's probe also found that the EMSD's monitoring of contractors' workers to make sure they did not do too many repairs in a day or slacks. The department's guidelines say these workers should not work on more than six lifts or escalators in a single day, but the watchdog found that contractors allowed their workers to perform excessive maintenance and then would explain why this had been done in a report to the EMSD later. A malfunctioning grid has been blamed for a rotational power blackout in Taiwan. More than 8 million households were affected. Priscilla Ng reports. In a text alert sent to residents, authorities said Taiwan did not have enough electricity capacity in its grid after an outage at the Shinta power plant in the southern port city of Kaohsiung at around 2.30 p.m. It said a rotational blackout was implemented across the island as a result. The official central news agency said many cities across Taiwan were affected, including Taipei, Taoyuan, Shinshu, Taichung, Yilan, Tainan and Kaohsiung. Taiwan's electricity supplier, Tai Power, said the outage was caused by a technical failure in the plant. Cabinet spokesman Lo Pingcheng added that Taiwan's airports and high-speed railway system have not been affected. Taipei-based journalist Cindy Su says the blackout raises questions about President Tsai Ing-wen's energy policy. Our government has uh, pledged to uh, end the use of nuclear power by 2025 by increasing the use of natural gas, uh, to 70% of the total and increasing renewable energy from the current 4% to 20% by then. And many people think that this is actually unrealistic and that it could be detrimental because it could mean that you know, there'll be more power outages. But the authorities are saying that uh, this current um, you know, problem that we're having with the phase um, blackouts are not due to a, a lack of electricity, but rather the malfunctioning grid. Overseas now, and the armed wing of the Palestinian militant group Hamas has threatened Israel with continued rocket attacks, saying that hitting cities like Tel Aviv was easier than taking a sip of water. More rockets have been fired from Gaza into Israel, but no new casualties have been reported. Israeli army chiefs are to be briefed on possible invasion plans as troops mass on the border. The BBC's Paul Adams is in Jerusalem. 
Every time there has been a ground invasion in past episodes like this, the civilian death toll has skyrocketed. So that is something that will be on the minds of uh, the military as they look at their options. I think what they want to do is to say to Hamas that they will continue to punish them just as long as these rockets uh, continue to fly into Israel. And so part of this is just a warning uh, to Hamas and the citizens of Gaza. If you think it's bad now, it could get a whole lot worse. Several international airlines are suspending flights to Israel's main airport, Ben Gurion, because of the conflict. Three American carriers, Germany's Lufthansa and British Airways, have halted flights because of safety concerns. Airport authorities have closed Ben Gurion to inbound flights because of the danger of rocket fire rerouting aircraft to Ramon Airport near Eilat in the south. Hamas said it had fired a large rocket at that airport, but an Israeli official denied this. State governments in India are trying to buy coronavirus vaccines worth billions of dollars on the international market as locally made supplies run short. The most popular state, Uttar Pradesh, said it had been talking to firms including Pfizer. The BBC's Anbarazan Etarajan reports. India started the world's biggest vaccination drive earlier this year and was hoping to vaccinate its target population by using AstraZeneca, produced under license in the country, and the domestically made Covaxin doses. But their current rate of production is well below demand and there is a crippling shortage. State authorities have had to curtail their ambitious vaccination plans amid the record surge in infections. With a population of more than 1.3 billion, India's demands are going to be huge. And with the global vaccine supply chain already under pressure, it's not clear how soon manufacturers could supply India. Finance now and prices paid by U.S. producers rose above expectations in April with the core producer price indexing rising by 0.6% from March. Coupled with the surge in consumer prices announced yesterday, it's fueled market fears about high inflation. Sports now and track cycling star Sarah Lee competed for the first time in more than a year when she took to the track today at the UCI Nations Cup. Hong Kong's first international sporting event of the year is taking place behind closed doors at the Velodrome in Cheung Kwan Lee, along with Jessica Lee and Young Cho Yu, posted a time of 50.029 seconds for Hong Kong in the women's team sprint. Teams from Japan, Germany, Denmark and the United States are also taking part in the tournament. Points will be counted towards the Track Cycling World Championships in October. Football and European football's governing body has confirmed that the Champions League final between Chelsea and Manchester City will be held in Portugal. Each side will be allowed 6,000 fans. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Evidence emerges to show a man contracted a mutant coronavirus strain while he was in quarantine. Police come under pressure to release more information about a high-ranking officer reportedly caught in an unlicensed massage parlour. And the government says more than 1,800 civil servants quit in the past financial year. The news from RTHK. And it's time now for our favourite, favourite of all favourites, Nostalgia Time.
Richard Kleiderman at the piano, and called Green Sleeves. Also harmonizing now, the Ames Brothers. A very precious love is what you are to me. A stairway to a star, a night in Shangri-La of ecstasy. Nostalgia with your truly. 